We're starting a new series today called Gifted, and if you're joining us for the first time this morning, we're really excited that you're here, and something that we do, and and in fact, if you're joining us online today, we're glad you're joining us. Hope you have a great bowl of cereal and coffee and juice and that croissant that you're eating. I hope it's really, really good. Thank you for joining us. But we do series, and this month we're going to do a whole month on Romans chapter 12, and it's called Gifted. And I'm super excited about this Gifted series because I think that this has the potential to change your life for the better. God has a plan for you, He has a purpose for you, and He has gifted you. Now, I don't know if... You're like me, and you get on Facebook, on videos on Facebook. I, I, I get lost in those sometimes, but I like tool time on the Facebook videos. And you'll see, you'll see things on Facebook that you won't see anywhere else, like third world country people doing some arts and crafts or construction. I particularly like the construction stuff. And they'll be doing amazing things. And you think, I could never do that. That is gifted. They have special talents and they have abilities. And then a lot of times we'll be on television and we'll be watching maybe the Olympic trials, like maybe some of you are watching right now, and you'll see somebody run so fast. I, I watched the where they jump over ladies uh, it, jumping over these obstacles and they jump over the water. What's that? Is it steeple? Steeplechase. Thank you. Steeplechase. And it's amazing. And I would, I watched and I said, well, I could never do that. (laughs) And you're even getting padded for having the right answer, Amy. Hey, way to go. Good job. And all of that is going on. And I think that a lot of times we watch the best of the best and the brightest of the brightest And we think, well, we are not gifted. We are not talented. We are not special. And I just want to remind you that God created you. You are God's masterpiece. And you might be thinking, well, I'm not much of a masterpiece. I'm not like them. I'm not like him. I'm not like her. God has created you special and unique, and there are things that only you can do. And Romans chapter 12 is just a reminder of all of that, that Paul is talking to the Romans, and he's talked about sin, and he's talked about the gospel, and he's talked about being cleansed, and the being a holy people, and, and it culminates in Romans chapter 12. And he goes on and he says, Hey, here is what you need to do in regard to what you've received. And Dan led us into worship in such a great experience during communion, singing about the freedom that we have in Christ and what Christ has done for us. And in response to this, this is what the Apostle Paul is calling every one of us to do. And it's basically this, that we are a gift to God. And I want you to say with me, my gift. gift. That's really, really good. You guys are tuned in this morning. My gift to God is this. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse, first part of this verse is, I appeal to you therefore. Paul is saying, 
I urge you, I encourage you, I exhort you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, because of what we've received, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. Now, this was radical for a Jew to tell non-Jews to be a living sacrifice. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament, all the sacrifices up to this point have been dead sacrifice. They killed the ox, they killed the lamb, they killed the bull, and they lay them on the altar. But Paul's saying to us, every one of us, to you, to give your life as an offering to the Lord. Not a dead offering, but a living offering that our whole lives, our physical, our mental, our social, our financial being, is to be offered before God. Oswald Chambers, the author of My Utmost for His Highest, said this. He said, we have the idea that we can dedicate our gifts to God. However, you cannot dedicate what is not yours. There is actually only one thing you can dedicate to God, and that is your right to yourself. And if you will give God your right to yourself, he will make a holy experiment out of you, and his experiments always succeed. The one true mark of a saint of God is the inner creativity that flows from being totally surrendered to Jesus Christ. In 2 Chronicles, it says that the Lord looks to and fro throughout the land, looking for a heart that is totally devoted to him, that he might bless them. Paul is calling us, Jesus is calling us to be totally devoted, dedicated, living sacrifices. And that is our gift to God. My question is this, what evidence can be found in my life of a willingness to be a living sacrifice? Folks, there's all kinds of stuff that we can give our attention to. But only one thing matters. Only one thing is eternal, like we talked about in the last series. And that is our relationship with Jesus Christ and the impact we make in this life on others. Because people are the only thing that's going to be eternal. Everything else is peripheral to that. Have we given our lives as a gift to God, a sacrifice to God? Say this with me. My gift wrapping. My gift wrapping. Thank you. Now, I don't know about you, but a lot of times I get a little carried away with the gift wrapping. Don't you? And, and sometimes my, my card, it may be my, my, the card that goes on the gift may be worth more than the gift itself. Sometimes. And I'm not saying I'm a cheapskate, but sometimes I buy some really nice cards because I think they're really funny or they've got some kind of musical benefit or they, they have extra meaning. I love to send my dad funny cards on his birthday. And, and, and it, that's just kind of a thing that I like to do. And I might spend a lot of money on a card but then, and, and give a gift. But the card's more meaningful to me than the gift I give. The wrapping that we give as our gift to ourselves is this. 
the second part of this passage or this verse, he says, you know, to give our, our lives, our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. And Paul goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. There are some important words in this passage that I don't want you to miss. And the first one is this. That, so this spiritual worship, you might think that this is emotional or it's ephemeral, but, but what this means is it uh, comes from the Greek logikos, and basically it's a reasonable service that what we do in response to what God has done for us is logical, it's reasonable, it's, it's natural. If we are grateful, this is what we will do. It's reasonable service that when we give our lives to Him. And you say, well, that's not much fun. I like living my life the, my own way. I want to be the captain of my own ship. I want to be the ruler of my kingdom. You see, the only way this works is that we are not conformed to this world, just like Paul, Paul says. And that means to be assimilated, to be, be like the world, the spirit of the age. And it's today in our political atmosphere, in our culture today, to be a Christian, to believe the Bible, to, to live it out is radical. And it's resisted. And it's not respected as much as what it was at one time. We are not to be conformed to this world, but what? We are to be transformed. And this word is metamorphosis. Now, most of us will think of, of a butterfly, and we all know the metamorphosis of a butterfly, but did you know that an ant and a fly go through metamorphosis? And the cicadas that either we enjoyed or hated a few weeks ago, every 17 years, they go through a partial metamorphosis because they don't go through the pupil stage. And I think sometimes we as Christians don't like this metamorphosis transformation process. That you see that we aren't to stay the same. We are to be getting better throughout our lives because the Spirit of God is working inside of us. I was uh, watching a baptism online and it was very interesting to me and this is probably a more conservative church than we are but they baptize in the name of uh, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit for the remission of sin. But you know what they skipped? And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Folks, if we believe the Bible... There's a third part of that trinity that is working inside every one of you that changes you from the inside out, that you should become better. And we're going to talk about a little bit of this better that, that is stated in this passage, that when we give our gift and the gift wrapping, something's going to occur in our lives, and we're going to change. And if you're not growing and changing, first of all, I wonder if you're in Christ, number one, if you've been born again, and second of all, are you resisting what the Spirit of God wants you to do to change you for the better? Now, I went to the Rotary Fourth of July Festival. This is Fourth of July, and when I was a child, 
I loved it. I loved all the carnival rides and all the games and the basketball and the dart throwing and everything. And all, I, I mean, we threw, I mean, all the money I had in my piggy bank went to the carnival. It was my best life. This last Friday night, it was beautiful. This was a beautiful Indiana night. I don't know if you got outside and enjoyed it. It was like 70, 75, no humidity. It was wonderful. And I was out there with Jennifer and, and our gr- granddaughters, and I was the oldest guy walking around, I think, with his grandchildren, and I was thinking, ah, I don't know if I should do this anymore because I just kind of don't fit in. You ever get that feeling? And I thought, now, I'll tough it out. But they were living their best life. They were riding the rides and enjoying the whole experience. Now, I haven't for years anticipated the 4th of July festival like I did as a child. And I'm ashamed to say. I don't have any sleepless nights over it. But to see them live that best life and enjoy it the way they do is how we should receive what God is doing in us. Shouldn't we? And, and the question then becomes, the application then becomes, what disciplines do I pursue daily in my life that will renew my mind in accordance with God's will? What I'm, am I doing to cooperate? Am I reading his word? Am I praying? Am I fasting? Am I spending that spiritual time to allow that to have the largest impact and force in my life? So we've looked at my gift and my gift wrapping which is important, but what about my gifting? And this is where the guys, we have a ministry team that's really, really good, and I love the guys, we are all different, but we're united in Christ, and they are doing a great job in ministry in every aspect of ministry. And over the next four weeks, they're going to work on this passage to talk about the gifting that you're called to use in response to the salvation you've received and that Holy Spirit of God. So if you will, look in with me in your Bibles, and if you're online, you know, take a break and pull out your tablet or your Bible and look at Romans 12, verses 3 through 8. It says, For by the grace given to me, I say, everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought think, but think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has given, or God has assigned. Now this is interesting to me because, you know, some people think I'm a big deal. You should laugh. Thanks. All right. That's a little better. Thank you for that polite laugh. And I had somebody ask me, so what do you want to be called? And, and they were meaning, what title do I want to receive from them? What manner of honor do I want to receive from them? And I said, well, my name's Chris, so if you call me Chris, I'll be happy. Anything else not derogatory, I won't be happy with, but that's okay. And they said, no, no, do you, do you want to be called reverend or brother or, or preacher or pastor or whatever? And I said, well, if you have to call me something, just call me pastor because that's kind of what I do. Or minister, but minister Chris doesn't sound like Pastor Chris. But, but, but if you have to, that's what, but I prefer Chris, okay? You know, this passage of Scripture is telling us, folks, that we, we elevate some things and we de-elevate other things, and really we're all the same. Our giftedness that we're going to go into, we are all the same. I get to do what, what I love to do and what I'm called to do. But every one of you have a gift, 
And if you're doing what you're called to do, then we're all the same. There's no levels. There's hierarchy and responsibility and authority, but that's only to do the ministry and the work of the church. You've seen and I've seen friends of mine and people that I admire and respect in ministry fail morally, and it's devastating to the body. And if we wouldn't elevate them, then it wouldn't be so devastating to everyone. We have different callings, but, but, but the playing field is equal at the foot of the cross. So let's look at what Paul has to say about giftedness. And this is by no means exhaustive because if you look at other passages of Scripture where, where Paul shares about spiritual giftedness, there's more gifts than this. But these are the main ministry gifts that we want to look at this month. So verse 4, says, For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. We're all different, but unified. So we, through though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. We are connected. We are family. If you're not a part and you're not actively using your gift, guess what? The work doesn't get done for the kingdom of God. That's how important you are. Verse 6, it says, Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation. I love that. Encourage in your encouragement is what he's saying there. The one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who, who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So if you're going to be compassionate, be happy when you're compassionate. See, the giftedness is so important to the body. We can't do it alone. We need each other. And folks, if you're online today and you haven't had the opportunity to rejoin us, physically be present with us, come on home. We need you to connect relationally. We had a great time last week. We had a little cookout. We had a little brunch last Sunday. And we just got to gather and hang out with the family of God. And, and that's so vital. And that's what we've missed over this last year. We need each other. But not only that, we need to serve each other and the kingdom and the community that others might be brought to Christ. Because our goal and, and our mission is what? To guide people home. And so we've looked at our gift, my gift, your gift. We've looked at our gift wrapping. We've looked at our giftedness. And finally, we're going to look at my gift unwrapped. What does the community look like when the gifting is being used and we're serving one another? Paul says in Romans 12, 9 through 21, and we're going to breeze through this this morning. It says, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good, love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor, do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit, serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those that rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. 
Repay no one for evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For by so doing, you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And finally, verse 20, or 20, 21, 21. Well, I ordered it. Here's the deal. One of the characteristics of living in the Spirit of God according to Paul in this passage, is that your love for your friends and enemies is evidence of this living sacrifice. It's easy to love our friends, but it's hard to love our enemies. And, and it's hard not to take vengeance and spite for spite and get involved in arguments and endless debates. And, and Paul says here, vengeance and judgment are, are God's responsibility, not ours. The question is, what acquaintance, friend, or enemy do I need to show love to? It's easy for our friends, but it's hard for our enemies. Brian Chappell was a young boy, and he was sawing wood with his dad. And it turned out to be a rotten, rot, rotten piece or rotten log. And what fell out of that rotten log was a horse-shaped, horse-shaped piece of rotten wood. And Brian thought to himself, he said, you know, that'd be a perfect gift for my dad. And so what he did is he took a two-by-four and he took some spindles and he made a little horse for his dad, or what he thought was a wonderful gift. And so when he gave it to his dad, his dad looked at it and he had to ask. And maybe you've had these moments in receiving gifts. He said, well, what is it? And, and, and the son said, well, this is the horse that fell out of the rotten piece of wood that we did. And I, I, I nailed it together. And this can be a tie rack for you, dad. And so his dad took it and he used it for a tie rack. In fact... It was so fragile that he had to prop it up to make it work as a tie rack. And he used it for tens of years. Well, Brian grew up, and he was probably in his 20s, and his dad was still using this tie rack. And then all of a sudden he realized that what he thought was a wonderful gift looked like something that wasn't so wonderful. And then he thought about his gift wasn't about what he had given, but who it was that had received it and what kind of attitude it was received in. And I want you to get this. Our Heavenly Father loves you like crazy. There is no father in this world that loves you any more than he does. No matter where you've been, how far far from God you've gone, whether you think you've committed the unforgivable sin. God loves you like crazy. And whatever gift, however glorious 
or however little, He receives it like that Father did. Because He loves you so much. And in fact, we're just giving back what God has given us. And He never asks more than what He's already given because He loves you that much. This morning, I hope that you've given your life to Jesus Christ. I hope that you're cooperating in that transforming work of the Spirit. I hope that you're using your giftedness in service of the kingdom of God because there is no greater king. Why would you ever serve anything less than him? God loves you like crazy. He wants you to live your best life. Will you please stand in as I...